Hey, Dave, how you doing? I'm awesome. How are you? I'm great. So I was just uh, looking at your impressive resume <laughs> for all these amazing. Is that right? Yeah, you you have all these amazing awards and accolades, and you work with all these amazing celebrities like Beyonce, Rihanna, and then you're a music director for the Pussycat Doll World Tour. It's like whoa, you're doing some amazing things. So I had to, you know sit you down and talk to you about why did you want to do this new album? Like you, you had so much success and what made you want to do this album? What motivated it? Well, on records for everybody else, the last, you know, couple decades of my career. And, um, I think like a lot of people during COVID, uh, they sort of just rethought things and decided to, to sort of do things a little bit differently. And, and even though I'm still making records and remixing records and producing records and writing songs, like always, I just decided I wanted to, to do my own thing and have an album because I've, it's like I've been it's been so long since I've really dedicated myself to Dave Aude Day music. I mean, I've always put out Dave Aude Day singles, but I really wanted to sit down and and uh, write a bunch of music with my friends and put out an album. You know, it just sounds fun to have an album out and and I <laughs> you know, it's hard to believe I've never I ha I've had a lot of records and I've had some compilations but never a, a Dave Aude Day album. Yeah, and the album is wonderful to say the least. I was just listening to it on the um. You have to listen to it on the sound system for sure. So I put it through a home system with the live workspace that I'm at right now, and I was like, "Whoa, I love Uninvited." That's like one of my favorite songs. Motions is groovy, you know. Uh, this is our time is a slick track. It's kind of like reminiscent of like Swedish house mafia type of vibe. Like you drive over the coast in your drop top. You know, you know, in the LA area on the one freeway. And then Neon Moon is uh, very hypnotic and loungy. Um, what are some of your favorite tracks? Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, they're all my babies. So it's that's a hard thing. I, I can't really answer answer what are my favorites. I think they're all they're all my favorites for different reasons. I mean, um, you know, they're they're just not all bangers. So they're all they all kind of have a, a different thing for different moments, whether you're in the middle of a club or you're just cruising along in your car or you're listening, you know, at home making dinner or it could be for many different reasons. I mean, you know, everybody always thinks dance music is specifically just for the club. And that's not true, especially today. Dance music is for everything. It's for brushing your teeth. I mean, you can listen to dance music just by the way, you can listen to any music anytime really but really dance music's for waking up in the morning you know driving around driving your kids around taking them to school it's like in the morning getting them going you know getting them in a good mood making breakfast making dinner uh it could be a sporting events it could be just like you know motivating the kids to, to play or at the baseball game or so, so really at the gym right that's a huge one in fact i think probably my biggest this is it's crazy. My biggest Spotify playlists, or some of them anyways, are really workout uh, playlists. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, yeah. And some of them are also uh, Kiss and Grind type of music, too. <laughs> like some of their songs are so, um, like that one song, I think it's called Your One Track. I think it's called I Can't Be So Athemic. It's a theme track. It's like a, um, a big track when the bass drops. Into, or when the sound drops rather into the beat it's just it's, it's so beautiful like you said before it's like for me you know i'm in new york at the moment and i have a fat tire moped bike out here so like for me i you know i have a little boom box that i put on it on the bike and um i'll listen to it while i'm going down the hudson river or something because your, your music is so like like you said it's so it's for everything it's everyday music i've always been a big fan of um, dance music being from detroit michigan i've had that in my soul in my blood so it's like i understand i need a fat tire 
yeah, you how do I get a how do I get a fat tire? I I totally want to get a fat tire, and I really hope to God you are you are telling truth that you have a a, a ghetto blaster, which is what I grew up calling them, and you. <laughs> I hope it's you strap it to your fat tire and cruise around with that thing playing. Forget the AirPods, like you have a you have speakers on your fat tire. Is that right? Well, what it is, I have a JBL. I guess it's called a, a double a triple X double X booster. It's the one with the strap with the big thing. Here, I'll show you. Yeah, you got to show me this. <laughs> it's so loud. It's like everyone laughs. It's the it's the boomboxes you always see when you go into see when you go into T-Mobile or something. They always have something like this. Yes, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, so you just strap it on your side like That's this. a boombox for 2020. That's a, there you go. So most people would Wow. There it is. Yeah, so we custom some of them. And that's electric. Yep, they're all electric. So they're Is it so, electric? Yeah. Yep, fully electric. And so they're so cool because they some of them go I think that's sometimes awesome. Yeah, sometimes some of them go up to like 85 miles per hour right now. That's that's uh what? Yeah, some of them go up to 85. That's, that's, They're insane. That's crazy. That's that's <laughs> no, that's you don't want to be going 80 miles an hour on that thing. Come on. Well, this one doesn't that's, go 80 miles no, no, no. an hour. This one goes we're gonna re-rig it though, but it goes like 30 something, like 37. Sometimes you we can't we can't re-rig it. And then you know you gotta get the, the puncture uh resistant tires. But yeah, you gotta get one. There's so many different ones um that you should check out. There's Saunders, there's Hemingway. I'm actually a brand ambassador for Hemingway. Um they have one called the Cobra Pro. I think it goes about 40 something miles per hour. But approximately in the 80 mile range, probably at top speed, probably a little bit less. But yeah, they're really fun. I'm down. So Hemingway. I'm and yeah, you're an Hemingway. ambassador. You're an ambassador for which company? It's called Hemingway. H I M I W A. So I was an ambassador for it. So I've been reviewing some of their models. But yeah, I've been. I mean, since the pandemic, you know, you don't have to travel far. Everything's on your phone. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I, I mean, I just want to. I just want to have one of those things to ride around just to because I'm sick of pay, making a car payment. <laughs> right. Right. And I'm, yeah. And when I'm in New York, I'm sick of getting on a train. So I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. So I, I'll take the bike all the way down from even the Bronx. It'll last all the way down from the Bronx to like Brooklyn sometimes. The bikes are crazy. When I was in New York uh, earlier this year, the bike situation is bananas. Like it's gotten way crazier, right? So you're sure. right in there. Yep, you're right in there because the, the it's really because there's so many bike highways now. Like the Hudson River has that bike highway. Um, you know, where you just ride around the river, right alongside the river. It's beautiful. It's, it's, um, you know, it's just calming and soothing and you're in, you're in harmony. And for me, I love the boombox thing because it also lets people know you're coming. <laughs> well, you know what? That's a great, I didn't even think about that. It's like, you always have to, that's why people have bells on their bike, right? It's to like, let people know they're behind them. Right. Yeah. You've got a boombox. You have a bell. Yeah, you're good to go. But yeah, so I can't wait to uh, play this play this album on the boombox. But oh, what man. The, what's some of the um, feedback you've been receiving so far? I just started. I mean, literally, you're I've had about four or five interviews. But I mean, everybody is you you know been listening to my stuff for years, and I think everybody's just really happy that we can talk about a Dave Odd Day song as opposed to just a Dave Odd Day remix. Because I've done like fifteen hundred remixes. So it's like the people are like over it. They're like, dude, like you have way too many remixes. It's the thank God we got some Dave Day stuff we can talk about. Yeah, because you speaking of remixes, like I said before, you work with so many amazing people. Like, what was it like to work with? Like, I mean, Jesus, you work with like Beyonce and pretty yep. much everyone. What was it like working with Beyonce? And what song were you working on with that? What song did you remix? Pretty much, pretty much everyone. You know, it's funny. 
you say that, but there's a lot of people I haven't worked with, but I've done five or seven Beyonce's. I did single ladies run the world. My biggest Beyonce remix. I was just talking about this this morning at breakfast. So Beyonce, when, you know, when she, when she started doing her own stuff, she and her, you know, her people decided they wanted to remix stuff because Destiny's Child was getting a lot of club remixes, remixes done. So it made sense for Beyonce, all her early Beyonce stuff to get remixed. I think the first remix I ever did, I think, was Single Ladies. I think it was. And so that was really, obviously, I didn't know how big that song was until I remixed it. The remix came out and then the song blew up. So, you know, uh, I got very lucky to do that. And then I did one of my favorite remixes of all time. Two of them, actually, uh, are I did Halo. So very, very, very lucky to do Halo. Halo's just a beautiful, still a beautiful song. Ryan Tedder um, uh, wrote that one, co-wrote it. And uh, probably my, that's probably my favorite song song. But one of my favorite remixes ever did not get released because when she put out the Lemonade album, I think Beyonce decided no more remixes like because there's five there's a million remixes you know she said look i want to just put out my own music no more remixes like promo the remix but don't put it out which is too bad because i smashed partition oh wow I think that's I had, like one of my favorite songs yeah. too that's one of my favorite yeah. songs yeah listen to my remix because i did that remix and that was the first twerk thing i ever did and that was like well i say twerk because twerk's really not a thing now but that was when twerk sort of like just came out and uh i did this twerk remix which was like a you know basically a new version of trap and um i think it had 50 million plays on i put it on my soundcloud it had 50 million plays on soundcloud and then of course soundcloud you know shut everybody down and everything went away but it was it's one of the best remixes i've ever done and uh it's just sad it never came out because you know the politics of music sometimes the artist doesn't want the or the label doesn't want the, the remixes to come out because it's they're they're there to promote the original song, original artist. So, and then what what songs did you work on with Rihanna? Rihanna, you know, uh, I did "You to One." I did a great song called S and M, um, and I did uh, "Wild Thoughts" with uh, DJ Khaled. Right? What is there another one I did? I always forget. Oh, my best one. My best Rihanna is "Diamonds." Wow. Yeah, Diamond. She put it on her album. Yeah. She put Diamond. it on the end of her album. Yeah. So that one worked out really good. One more. I think I did one more. I did Rockstar 101. And is that all? I think that's it. So five. Yeah. But Diamonds was turned out, you know, better than I ever expected. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm excited. She's playing Super Bowl. And uh, I would imagine she's going to do Diamonds at Super Bowl. I would think. It's one of, right? You think? Yeah, I'm pretty sure she's going to do Diamonds. Shine bright like a She's got a lot of, I mean, I know she's got a lot of records. I mean, you know, it's, but I don't yeah, think she has a ton who of records. Knows, but I, yeah, too many. I mean, Calvin Harris stuff. Come on. She's absolutely. Oh, yeah. oh my God. That's my favorite song too. The diamonds in that Calvin Harris song. That, that, that was like one of my favorite songs. That's my anthem. Like what was it? Eight, like at least nine years ago. Almost. It was yeah, a more. Yeah. Maybe we found ten. Love, that was like, we found maybe 10. Well, yeah. Love but also song. the, the other one, which is um, he had he had two with her. This is what you came for. Pretty yeah. Pretty darn good. Um, also, don't forget about where have you been? Oh wow. See those I are mean, all. Oh wow. I didn't. Okay. Those so, are all smashes. So we all know you. We just didn't know. We never saw this face. <laughs> well, you know what? 
I've been very lucky. I, I've worked with a lot of great artists. I mean, um, very, very, very lucky in my career. You know, I started out with a Sting and Tattoo, band, band called Tattoo out of, out of Russia. And then I moved from there to Madonna and Annie Lennox. And then I moved from there to Lady Gaga. I did, I think I've done nine, eight or nine Lady Gagas. And uh, I've, just, I've been lucky. I mean, you know, when I was remixing for 15 years when remixing sort of blew up. So I think that had a lot to do with why, you know, the remixing in 2010, I had already been remixing for 15 years. So it's like, kinda, <laughs> uh, I think that's, that I was just very lucky when the, the sort of the remix trend happened, uh, I was already doing it. So everybody kind of knew to call me and I'm still doing it and I'm still producing records. And, you know, I've met a lot of great people, uh, through remixing their songs. And, uh, you know, I remixed, I think nine songs for Selena Gomez. And then she asked me to, to write one with her. So I co-wrote uh, Kill Him With Kindness for Selena Gomez. You know, that was another highlight of my career. I've had a few highlights. That was definitely one of them. Winnie Grammy for remixing a song no one's ever heard of, Uptown Funk. Right. I, was, I was just about That's to it. ask you about that. Because, I mean, what did that That's feel it. like when you won the, when you got that Grammy? Like, you knew you were in it anyway, right? I know. I was looking uh, at the house in your, in your studio. No, no. I don't think you know you're going to win a Grammy. I don't think that's... <laughs> I mean, I knew I had a damn good chance because the record was Uptown Funk. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't because it wasn't because of my remix. I knew I had a great chance because the record was just, you know, and still is beyond huge. So, you know, it's a dream to the first record I ever got nominated for. Nobody ever nobody knew it, it had um, Adam Levine from Maroon 5 on it, but he used a different name. But if you listen to the first record, I, I got nominated back in 2009 for a record called um, I Want You. Uh, it's featuring DCLA, which is some name they come up with, but it was actually Adam from Maroon 5. And, uh, you know, to get nominated in the first place is really you, that's the best part is just getting nominated. I mean, winning, obviously you want to win and take a trophy home and have it in the case, but really just getting there in the first place, somebody nominating you and then everybody voting for you to get to that final five or five records, that's, that's really, it's great. That means the industry is paying attention to what you're doing. You know, I've spent thousands of hours in studios without windows. <laughs> I finally have some windows here. And, um, but for a long time I didn't, and I, people were out doing other things, living life. And I was in the studio, you know, learning how to do things. And, uh, uh, cause that's really what it is putting time in. I put a lot of time in, in the first part of my career. And I think that's a lot to do with, you know, getting nominated three times and winning once. And I think it's just because people appreciate the, uh, the work ethic. Since you put, you put so much time in, did you have any regret? Like do you wish you could spend um, more time with somebody or? No, no, I have a beautiful wife and beautiful kids and, uh, it's, it's, I have a great family. So it not, I met my wife. I feel like I met her 10 years later than I should have or could have, but the, you know, if I would have met her 10 years prior, maybe I wouldn't have, you know, spent that much time in the studio and so it all worked out really for me and how many kids do you have now i have three. Oh, nice what's their ages and what's their uh, genders i have two boys 11 and 10 almost almost 12 and 11 their birthday is next in a couple weeks and i have a lovely daughter she's seven wow they're very close in age how do you like these terrible 12s <laughs> You know, you what's that i have a 12 year old son as well he's uh he's he acts just like us <laughs> wow yeah my 12 year old's playing uh baseball he's really into baseball so uh that's his life you know but he just basically talks to me when he wants to buy something which is you know uh 
that's fine. I'm just glad he's talking to me. You know, we have a, we have a great relationship, but but it's funny that's pretty much he just uses me as a uh, as right. A, as that's what I feel like. So I feel like my son just plays the video games, and I text him and call him yes. sometimes. But he don't pick the phone up. It's like I might forget it. He, I mean, I know he loves me, but. <laughs> yeah, my ten my ten year old's playing video games. That's he's a gamer. So yeah, that's like a whole nother world. It's like you know you no. talk to him. It's like whoa. I I don't you know we can talk about the video game thing for hours, but it's a it's part of life and and it's just definitely what the new generation is doing. They're spending all their time playing video games, and you know we gotta <laughs> we we gotta figure it out. <laughs> Have you, have, were you like that? Did you play a lot of video games? I went to arcades and I played some video games back in the day, but I guess I had Tekken Tag for PS2 for a long time. I was addicted to that for a minute. And then, you know, uh, Grand Theft Auto, but I guess it lasted like a year or two, maybe two years as an adult. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what's, what's, what, what about you? Me, I, I, man, you know what I do. I make music and, <laughs> and uh, try to be a dad for a couple hours a day, play, coaching baseball or you know talking to my kids and stuff but um i really have devoted my life to making music and um i will do it for as long as i possibly can because i, I love making records who are some of the other artists you would uh love to work with that you haven't worked with already i mean you know i've worked with a lot of great people uh there's a lot of people that are deceased i wish i could work with. i wish I, I didn't work with whitney i wish i would have loved to work with whitney whitney houston i think everybody would love to work with whitney houston uh just that voice and uh you know, what an icon. Um, I would have liked to work with John Lennon, you know, but I worked with John. I did 13 records for John Lennon's wife, Yoko Ono. So that's about as close as I'm ever going to get to that. Um, you know, I love pop music. So, you know, I would love to do records with people like Ed Sheeran or Taylor Swift or Dua Lipa. Those would be cool people to do records with just because I, I straight up love pop music. What about um, Lizzo? Lizzo. I've done, a, I've done one remix for Lizzo. Oh, I knew it. I can hear it in your. I can hear it in your music. <laughs> well, I mean, I love. I, I did. I, I got lucky enough to to remix Boys a few years ago. Uh, Lizzo's record Boys and Lizzo's awesome. I mean, again, it's like I'm not one of those guys who sits around thinking who I'd love to work with. I just, I honestly love working with talented artists, and uh, every every project for me is a challenge. So, and I really love what I do, and um, you know, I would love to work with anybody really and, that, and i think i've i've proven that because i've done a lot of records a ton of records what about movie soundtracks have you done a lot in that space as well your resume reads I have not. yeah i was looking at that i was like his resume is so i was like i was trying to re i was researching you but it was like research and more research and more research <laughs> it's like so much i mean i know i would i would love to score a movie i would love to uh to get more involved in that stuff but you know i think i'm so uh positioned in what I do, it's kind of hard for people to, you know, when you do one thing a lot, it's kind of hard for people to, to put you over to another, another uh, thing. And so, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, but I would love to do that for sure. I feel like you'll be there. You'll get there sooner than later because everybody's multi half hyphenated at the moment. You know, <laughs> I feel like everybody, I feel like everybody's a singer, dancer, rapper. I make wine, I have clothes, I have this, you know, everybody has everything, a line of skateboards, you know, an album, this, it's just so much going on. And speaking of which, you've done the Pussycat Dolls, you work with them as the um, music director. How did you um, want to work with them on that level? And what, what is that That's job? Right. Well, I mean, this is, you know, Pussycat Dolls are no longer, but um, the, um, I remixed eight of their records. And so I also found Nicole Scherzinger was uh, dating a guy named Nick Hexum from the band 311. 
And uh, he called me and said, you want to work with my girlfriend? She likes dance music. So I started working with Nicole. We became friends. I introduced Nicole to her manager, actually, who was one of my best friends at the time. And uh, the Pussycat Dolls were formed pretty much around Nicole. I mean, they were already forming, but when they found Nicole, everything changed. And uh, I became great friends with all the girls. I ended up doing records with Jessica Sutta as well. Uh, many, many records, probably 10, 10 records with Jessica. And uh, so when they were together, I... I was just the I was the obvious choice to sort of be involved as their music director and help put all their put all their their sets together and their shows for MTV Music Awards or tour. I put their whole tour tour show together musically, and I didn't tour. I did. I only did one show with them performing, and it was a cool show though. I did Jay Leno. Do you remember Jay Leno? I did Jay Leno when we performed Don't You for the first time. Oh wow! Yeah, Don't You was like. That was- that was a bomb song. I mean, I, I remember dancing. On, I think everybody was on top of a of a bar. <laughs> We're all dancing on tables at Sky yeah. Bar in LA at the Mondrian back in the day. But yeah, that was my favorite. Yeah, hit. yeah. That song put them. You know, that song really made Pussycat Dolls uh, who they were. I mean, that was they started off with a huge record. I mean, that was that was it. And now, and now you you're in this space where you can like dibble and dabble and do what you want. What uh, what's next for you? What else is on the horizon? Besides, it's a great question. More music, you know. The album's coming out, but but I'm not slowing down. I'm speeding up. I'm just uh, I'm developing two or three artists right now. I, I you know I moved from L.A. to Nashville uh, four years ago, and um, I love it. Best one of the best moves I've ever made. I was born in L.A., so I was there my whole life. I still love L.A., but I love Nashville, and my kids love it. Especially, it's a great place for them to grow up. Um, Definitely dealing with some weather here where I didn't really have weather in LA. I had a rain and hot. That was LA, you know? Um, so dealing with weather, but I love Nashville. I love the people. I'm hearing all kinds of this new music I never knew existed. Country music, I never knew really knew existed. Americana, never knew that existed. CCM, didn't know anything about that. So there's a lot of cool new music out here and it's fun as a producer to to work on, you know, things I never thought I would do, which is, you know, rock records or country records. So that's exciting. And uh, I'm developing some new some new artists. I'm de- developing some new uh, a bluegrass Americana girl, and I have a pop girl. And uh, I'm just having I'm having fun because that's really what it's all about, man. It's about doing new things and not just doing st- getting out of your comfort zone because um, you can't just do the same thing over and over. And I love remixing, and I'll, and I'll and I'll do it for as long as I somebody wants me to remix their song. Um, I love DJing. I'll still de- I'll DJ as long as I can. I'm DJing on New Year's Eve on TV for Next Star. I think to about 20 million people. So that'll be that'll be fun. Uh, we're going up against uh, Ryan Seacrest. So you know I'll be I'll be at the Palms Hotel pool. So if you're flipping channels on New Year's Eve, get over to my channel. Um, and that's it, really. I mean, I love I love making records. So as long as I can do it, I'm gonna do it. Nice. Yeah, I love Nashville. I'm actually going to Nashville on business with um one of our uh we're gonna test drive one of the new Toyota Crown. So it's in Toyota's um they're getting rid of the Camry and they're gonna introduce the Crown or reintroduce the Crown to America. There's like five different versions of it in Japan, but I think it's like a like a ah. I think it's called a fast hatch or something. I can't, I forget what you call it, but it's like, a, it's like, a, it's kind of like in the vein of an S5. So we're going to be in Nashville, but I've been in Nashville before I've conducted, um, actually I did a, a travel destination review on Nashville. I love, you know, I have friends at Parade Magazine. I love the Omni Hotel. That's one of my favorite hotels downtown Nashville. I love the Kings Leon. Um, I love the fact you guys are constantly having a food and wine uh, festival. <laughs> 
The food in I Nashville mean, it's, it's amazing. It's amazing. City Winery. Really? I think it's good. City Winery. City Winery. I know City Winery. I know City Winery too. I love yep. City Winery. Yep. Well, that's you've been, man. You've you you know, it's a crazy place. There's always it's like there's always something going on. It's kind of like kind of like Vegas, in the sense there's always something happening. Whether it's a sporting event uh you know cmas or whatever there's just always crazy stuff happening here and uh you know you don't even have to think about it you just come here and there's like stuff going on have you um been lending your names to any organizations in support of them or are you involved in any community endeavors that you want to speak to you know um I haven't, I haven't really, you know, I'm, I'm involved with uh, Grammys as much as I can. Um, when I got nominated for the first time uh, 13 years ago, I started sort of like trying to get people to know what they do and their organization and, and help with music cares during COVID. I was making sure um, that people that didn't really know that that was an option uh, that they could, that they needed help. Grammys music cares were available. Uh, especially for DJs. People forget about DJs and they think DJs really, they forget they're sort of part of the entertainment music industry. You don't have to play guitar uh, to to be a musician, in my opinion. Um, and so uh, I tried to get the word out during, uh, during COVID to uh, all of my community and uh, let them know that there is uh, uh, resources available for them that needed help. Um, and that's that's really uh, the extent of, of the stuff that I do. And then if you can offer anyone that's aspiring to be in your shoes, a young person that's trying to figure it out, because, you know, a lot of young people aren't, they're not going to college. And if they are going to college, they're not even like, they're not graduating. Or if they do graduate, there's no job. So it's like the world will be lit or no career path for it. So the trajectory for school is kind of a little bit, it's a little bit daunting. So if somebody wanted to do something like a, and, and learn a trade, what words of wisdom would you offer them um, if they wanted to be a music producer like yourself? I know, you know, being from LA, everybody wants to be a music producer. I think, here's what I think. I think, uh, well, I started my career, I didn't start off producing records. I was always producing records in my bedroom. And uh, it's important to sort of look at the big picture and know that there's lots of jobs in music, not just producing records. You might want, that might be your end goal, be a producer, music producer, songwriter. But you know that if you were working at a record label or a publisher or a management company during the day and making music at night, that's a great thing. You're, you're in the as long as you get involved with the music community, you can be even do live sound for a few years while you're meeting people, sort of building your, uh, you know, connections and contacts. You know, I think younger kids think I want to start doing it now, and they don't want to take the the long route. They want to take a short route. Sometimes the long route is the route that you need to take. You need to get some experience and and meet people. And um, there's when I was a kid, I didn't know about all these opportunities that are in music, not just making records. I thought I was going to be a keyboard player. I didn't even know what a producer was. And uh, now I get to produce records. So it's really about just knowing that you want to do something with music. You know, keep that keep that in mind. What your end what your end goal is that you want to become a you want to be a record producer or support yourself producing records i should say and if you have to if you have to do other stuff that's that's connected to music somehow while you get to that goal while you reach that goal then you should do it but most people think oh i'm not i'm not paying my bills making music i'm just going to go do something else and um, the way i look at that is well you really didn't want it hard enough you know i mean i i want this is all i ever wanted to do ever but i spent the first 12 years of my life 
sorry, of my, my music career uh, at a record label in charge of uh, manufacturing. So that was my first job in the, in the music business. And, and I was also DJing weddings and bar mitzvahs at night, you know, making, you know, paying the bills. Well, because my music wasn't paying the bills because it doesn't first part of your career, right? So do what you got to do. Do what you got to do until until you're able to do that. Well, thanks, David. Is there anything else you want to mention that we didn't touch on? NFT? I don't think so. Cryptocurrency? I don't <laughs> think so. No, I don't, really, I don't have any stock tips. Um, but... I, I want to just thank you for taking your time to uh, spend with me today. And, and uh, I appreciate you. I appreciate you as well. It was a pleasure speaking with you, David. And I can't wait to tell everybody about this new album, which I really enjoy. Man, I appreciate you. And make sure you get, get, get on some of those skateboards. Do you actually ride those skateboards? No, we just designed them. That's, a, that's yeah. my pandemic art. That's beautiful, <laughs> by the way. Thank you. I was like, there's no way you're riding those like that. That's just like, yeah. Yeah, you can't write those, but it's no. my pandemic art. <laughs> hey, well, I appreciate you, and thank you so much. You too. Have a good one.